Hi, and welcome to Women CEO in Reflection, a podcast dedicated to personal growth and mental health discussions with women CEOs across the globe. It's here where inspired women get candid about what drives them to succeed and the personal challenges they've encountered on their path to success. So if you're a woman on a mission, this is the podcast you don't want to miss. So sit back, relax, and let's get candid. Hi, and welcome to Women CEO on Reflection. I'm your host, Marisa Jones, and I'm joined by my co-host, Neil Haley. Today's guest is Layla Usal. She's an urban designer and entrepreneur who serves as the chief executive of her fashion brand, Bajer. Bajer is a high-quality, uniquely designed business venture that provides empowerment to the Kurdish communities. Layla believes that women and children should be empowered in the underrepresented and unfortunate communities that we could make this world a better place for all. Therefore, her brand Bajer provides opportunities and employment for Kurdish communities across the globe. Her outstanding company is published in many prestigious presses such as Europastar Magazine, Digital Journal, The New York Journal, NBC News, CBS News, Fox, and more. Layla is a mother, wife, activist, designer, businesswoman, entrepreneur, and believer, and most importantly, a doer. Welcome to the show, Layla. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. I'm so excited to have you here. Tell me a little bit about how you, uh, kind of what led you to start your own company, your fashion brand, and and especially work uh, within the, the Kurdish communities. Sure. I'm, I'm born and raised in, in the Kurdish regions of Turkey, right on the border of Syria. So uh, I think my Kurdish roots are coming from, from like my, my background and my heritage and my identity, uh, which I was not um, encouraged to actually explore for a long time based on all these political conflicts back in Turkey. But, um, you know, the United States brought me a great opportunity to look at my own roots, to recognize it, to embrace it, and to, to be proud of it. So Kurdish part is coming from that. And the company is, uh, I think, you know, um, it comes from the ambitions, I would say, plenty of ambitions. I mean, I was born and raised in a very men-oriented, traditional and conservative community in which I was all the time, um, you know, stopped to, to do things on my own, stop to go to school, stop to talk, stop to express myself because you're a girl, you should be quiet, you should be, you know, you don't disrespect your elders, you don't, you don't have an opinion, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And and I think that created some sort of resilient. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to talk. I have ideas, I have opinions, I am going to talk. That was like I made my moves so many times. And um it it had its own challenges because this wasn't taken very kindly in an in a in a place where they have never had any <clears throat> opportunity to hear a woman's voice that strong. So I gave them opportunity to make them listen that we do have ideas and they can be very good ideas too. We just need some opportunities. And this took a couple of years. So I end up coming to United States. Uh and then fell in love, deeply in love. And then I, I forget about my mission in here. I had two children and they had their 18 months apart. Then at some point I realized that, you know, like nothing literally happened in my husband's life. I mean, he got married with me. Of course, he, he had some changes, 
but his career and his his life just goes on without any interruption. And I am the one who, by nature, you know, ended up taking care of these two little children and, you know, being their primary care almost 24-7 while um, Teo, my husband, was making his way to his office every day, coming back in the evening, everything is fine, Nela looks fine, kids are sleeping, there's nothing, nothing is literally impacting his life. So he was on one of these business trips um, to, I think, China, East Asia, somewhere. And, and I was alone, left alone at home with a four-month-old baby and 21-month-old another baby. And that was like 10 intense days. And at some point, you know, um, they were really, Aram was very, my, my older one was very active and fussy. And I think I was at my like full capacity of energy. And, and this child <laughs> did not sleep at all for a long time. So I was sleep deprived and all that stuff. And, and they were both crying. It's a huge chaos. And, and I managed to put them peacefully into sleep. And I came downstairs. And I found myself, I am crying like crazy. But like I, last time when I cried like that, I was 13 years old and I lost my aunt. And that was like extreme. Since then, I don't remember. I had like this nervous breakdown and I sat down on the, on the stairs and I'm just saying that, you know, I left my home. I left my country. I went through a lot. Like for what? You know, for what? Why my life just stopped in here? I mean, yes, I am a mother, but I could be more than a mother. And this took a while. And then the sun just pops up behind the clouds and then came from the window and just hit my body. Then I a little bit, you know, calmed down and warm up. And I said, well, I wish I would have something that could show my feelings that I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, just keep talking and explaining what was going on or what I needed, etc. And I came up with this watch idea. And this is how I ended up finding Bajer. And I said, well, this is not only my story, it's our story. So many women, I mean, starting from my own culture, because this is the place where I'm most familiar with, but we are all around the world in different communities. We speak different languages. We go through different experiences, but we do have similar, similar, you know, ambitions, ideas, opinions, and we all get stuck at some point in our life. And I said, well, I have an opinion. I have an idea. I am going to talk about it. It might not be easy, but I will do it. So it took a while for me to, you know, um, to put that down and to realize that if this is going to be a watch, then this should be about, about us. It should bring the woman power, the woman intellect, the woman, you know, all that strength and resiliency that we carry all along through the life. We go through a lot, but we still, you know, manage to, to, to move forward. Yes, there is lots of damage in all of us, but we still move forward. You know, when, when my babies were awake, I just, I was, you know, I was filled with all that energy and all that stuff. And I, I was at a different level. I just, I just wanted to reflect the, the goodness, the, the kindness in me to this child that I felt the most responsible. And here we are. <laughs> that's a great story you know um how did you so i i relate to some of it my my parents are sicilian immigrants i was 
you know, first generation American, the culture is very different. So, you know, my, my parents aspiration for me was get married and have babies. Like I wasn't allowed to go to school. I wasn't allowed to do activities. I wasn't allowed to do any of that stuff. You know, I, I broke against that as well. Right. Which is really hard to do. Uh, but, and I was, a, you know, I was young when I did that you were already married. How did you do, how did, like, you completely change the dynamic of your family by saying, I'm going to go start a company, right? So how did that affect your family? Um, And did you, was your husband, uh, you know, open to that? I mean, Teo has been, I think, my greatest support ever in whole life. The men in my life, by culture and by, by tradition, and also, I think, by religion, they all had some sort of control over my life, right? Like, I mean, my father had control, is still trying to control my entire life because they think that, you know, your child belongs to you just like a material so they can just do whatever they want, which is fine, right? And and we all grew up with that, and I do respect that. But in Teo's case, he was so uh, surprised to see me, you know, <laughs> just being, you know what, I'm going to have my own thing. I cannot just sit at home. And, you know, I wasn't sitting at home, by the way. I'm an urban planner in still when I was when I was nine months pregnant, I was in a classroom at Harvard and my professor freaked out that I was going to give birth in the middle of the class. And I completed my class and I had a very good degree and he was scared. And I gave birth in the middle of the, yeah, like I left school on Friday with a big belly and I came back on Monday with completely empty belly. And like my friends were asking, were you faking? I'm like, no, of course not. I wasn't (laughs) faking at all. But like I'm pumping in between the classes. So I think I became, I, it, it became so normal for me to come across challenges and then every time I found I, I find myself that I am working on a solution. I'm not just going to give up just because there is an, you know, there is a barrier. So I start to think, I think my mind is formed at some point that every time I see a barrier, I'm like, yes, what's next? You know what? I'm going to raise that part. I'm just going to just jump over it. So this brought so much positivity and motivation. And Theo has also supported this. He was surprised. He didn't know what to do at the beginning because this is crazy. We met four days later. He asked me to marry. In a month, we were married. So we, that's we quick. You did fall in love. You just <laughs> we went for it. Out. The entire, my entire life stopped. Everything just stopped. And he was at the center of my life. He is still. And I'm so grateful for that. And But then I was so angry. I'm like, you know what? I came to this country for a reason you know, for, to get my graduate education. Well, what am I doing now? Yes, I am in love. Yes, I love my family. But like, am I only, you know, just a mother? So I was on and off working for a professor at MIT for four years in his office and also at school. Uh, So I was always trying to do something. But the company, the business was something Teo was surprised the most because I did not have any context of business and money. Because I was raised, born and raised in an environment that I never had any interaction with the money until I was 23. So I literally did not know the power of money, the impact of money, the control of money. How do I deal with money? I did not know that. That's why right at the beginning, I was almost losing my company. Two, three times I lost a lot of money. But I learned, you know, I educated myself. I have 
invested a lot of hours putting the kids at home in, into the bed, coming to the office, sitting down and trying to understand. And then I made my way to MIT Sloan. So I took a program and then I said, okay, now I know how to work around this. It's not my goal, but it's my tool. So I better, you know, learn to use that tool for a good reason. And then I combined this with the company's mission that whatever that we get, it goes back to the community, but not in the form of money. I do not believe in supporting people in terms of money. I believe in to giving them the tools and the skills to sustain, you know, their income, that they can work on their own life, that they feel empowered, they feel useful, they have a reason, they don't depend on me. You know, if something happens to me, then they're not just, you know, they're not just powers out there. So they have tools that they can continue and work on it. And this is how I found two partners back in Turkey and, and it's going, you know, it's going fine so far. That's wonderful. So how, did, so, wow, you inspire so many women in the Kurdish communities by empowering them to work and, and, you know, start their own business. Right. So how, how do you, how do you go about training them? Not only for, you know, the, the business part of it, but how do you train them to, get the people around them to support them the way you have support? Well, first of all, they inspire me. My entire inspiration and motivation are coming from all these women, all these powerful, resilient, strong, yet kind and caring women that I see and I witness and I interact with. And I'm like, yes, you know what? I am so grateful and humbled and blessed that I have got the opportunity to turn this into something but I feel at the same time responsible that I need to return this back to all these women. You know, I feel like I am here for a reason. I have this opportunity for a reason. So I try to be very conscious about this. I try to really relate to this, you know, to this reason. So I keep my foot on the ground and I say that you have a mission. If you, among all these people, you know, got that opportunity, like I am the first woman, the person, first person who went to college in my 5,000 plus people, big tribe. We have a big tribe. And I am the first woman who ever made it to middle school, then to high school, then to college. Then I have decided to have my own husband. And I, you know, I had my own company. And now the, the coming generations have the privilege and an example to follow up. So I opened the doors that they would, you know, smoothly pass that stage. So with that mind, you know, I try to uh, I try to let these women that they are already strong, they have tools, they have capacity, they just don't have the opportunity. So my job and my role in here is to just provide them the opportunity. You know, and and we team up with the local people who understands from leather training, who understands from the silk. Uh, just, you know, just to bring these women together, to give them some tools and gently invite them to the international market so then they, they can start to work on their income. Because I have worked when I was in college, I worked with the Women Rules Organization. And I realized that while a powerful income brings lots of, lots of freedom and independence, especially in my community to a woman. So then I realized that, well, I'm not going to give money to them because the moment you give money to them, the money just goes away. You don't know where it goes. But if you give them the tools and then they start to work on their own life, then you feel empowered and you feel that you're doing something great. You're proud of yourself and you have a goal, right? You have a mission 
And all these people are amazing. They're very kind. They're very thoughtful. I've spent a couple of weeks in the past um, summer with them. And I am so blessed and so proud that, you know, I have the opportunity to be with them, to get to know them. And, and when I'm looking at them, I'm like, you're not strong at all. You know, all these people, they are the strong ones. They are the inspiring ones. They are the impressive ones. But they just don't have a platform to come forward and to express themselves. So Bajer is also trying to create like a base, a foundation for all these people. And we welcome them. If you have any stories, if you want to tell us something about our culture, write it down. We'll work on it. And then we put it up with their name and with their information. And then we keep, you know, we keep them in the loop. So then they feel, they feel that they're part of the community. So then they start I love that. Proud of themselves. Yeah. And you're highlighting, you're highlighting their achievements, which only inspires them to continue to keep doing what they're doing and inspires others to join in, in the movement, right? Because it really is a movement because you're changing their culture. You're changing the culture that you came from. Um, you're changing the, the entire dynamics of that. Um, how has it been received in the community? Well, I will, outside of the women, because I'm sure the women love it, but how is it received throughout? By the men community? too, right? Yes. Like young men, especially young men, millennials and young generation. They, I have, I have had amazing numbers of texts and emails and messages, and people are just, you know, trying to reach out all over. And and the the common sense is that we are so proud that somebody from our community, some some Kurdish women, are showing us to the world from a completely different perspective because we have been branded as fighters. We are fighters, and and which is fine. Every Everybody's fight is in a different context. I, I kept my fight with the education and I, I am very passionate. I invest time into people. And I, I believe that, you know, sometimes people just don't know what's going on and you need to spend time with them to explain. And if they still don't want to, you know, understand this, this belongs to them. But I feel like I have the responsibility to explain all these reasons and then to to let them know that this might be something else that you know and and I have gained so many people that they the people who threatened me with the death you know like cutting my head off or putting a bullet in my head I have convinced them and heard from them that you know nobody ever told to us like this nobody ever explained it to us while you're just like you know I'm like yeah we are normal people <laughs> we are normal people we don't have tail we are not animals you know they're, this is what they're asking to us like, do you guys have tails? I'm like, no, we don't. We're just like <laughs> biology information, but that's fine. You know, you need some time. And I have all the time because I think it's important. I think it's important to reach out to one person. I, I, I believe that if you change one person's life, you change the world. And that Absolutely, one at a time. Yeah, very small, teeny tiny patches. You know, and I always believe that you start at the bottom. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, uh, I, I think they're really important. I, I think every single person, especially the ones that are angry, the ones that are filled with hatred, and it comes from the from the ignorance. They don't know it, right? They maybe they were never exposed to an opportunity to educate themselves. And I feel like you know what? Now we're in the same platform, in the same context. I do have the responsibility, so I spend time. And in majority of them, it worked really fine. So. Kurdish men are reaching out to me and saying that, wow, we are so proud, you know, 
we're so proud to be Kurdish. We're so proud to that that you're reflecting us, our art, our history, our landscape, our women. You know, we're so proud. So I'm getting amazing amount of support from the That's community. beautiful. I absolutely love it. Well, you are so inspiring. I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing for your community. I think it's fantastic. Um, we are at a time. Where can people find you? Well, we are all over Instagram, Bajar Watches, and we are on Facebook, and we are on, um, we're not anymore on Twitter. It's becoming very, you know, a little bit tension oriented. So we are on also on the website. They can reach out to us on dbajar.com, T-H-E-B-A-J-E-R.com. So, uh, and we are, we are, you know, we're very, very easy to communicate. We just, we, 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 respond back to people as much as possible. You know, we want to, we want people to reach out to us. <laughs> my dog. Well, fantastic. Thank you. We'll, we'll put the information in the bio. It's been great having you. Great Thank having you, you on the show. Thanks, Thanks for being here. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Women CEO in Reflection. To reach out to one of our guests, their contact is in the description of the show. Do you want a total mindset transformation? Apply to Mindset Warrior, The Art of Intentional Thinking, my personal coaching boot camp at IamAMindsetWarrior.com and schedule your call with me today. Thank you.